Hoops and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The following is paid programming. The views, claims, and opinions of this program do not necessarily reflect those of the Zone Sports Network, its management, or staff. It's 10 a.m., which means it's time for Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome on in Saturday morning, February 8th, 2020. It is Utah Car Sense. I'm Austin Horton here with Jeff Miller. Hi, Jeff. Yeah, how are you? Good, man. How's life? It's been all right. Good. Play New Year. January's already gone. It's it's crazy. Still liking the new uh, the new digs. Yeah. Good. It's, it's working out well. Good. Good. How good. about you? Yeah, absolutely. It's a nice spot and happy to have it. Very blessed and uh, excited for 2020. So far, it's been a fast year. Does it feel like it's been like a fast it, year? I feel like it's been a really fast year. Yeah. I mean, we're what now 39 days into the day the year of 2020. Which, by the way, just dawned on me the other day. you get day. an extra day, though. That's what I was going to say. You get an extra day in February. There's 366 days this year. So in the world, in the car business, we talk about months in terms of Saturdays, right? Okay. So it's how many Saturdays there are in a month, right? So Because you want that five-Saturday month. Always. Because that five-Saturday month is going to be a good month. And this is the first February since 1982 to have five Saturdays. Wow. Because it starts on a Saturday, ends on a Saturday, and it's a, new, it's a leap year. Wow. Is it so you have to have a leap year and have to start on a Saturday because <laughs> 29 days? When will the next time be? I have no idea. <laughs> if it was but 82, it's a, it's a five Saturday February. <laughs> the last time it happened, I wasn't alive, <laughs> that, right? That's insane. I was two, you were two years old. Wow. Uh, so happy five Saturday February to you and all the others in the car industry. Fun stuff. Yeah, so hopefully it's, it's a good month. This is Saturday number two. This is Saturday number two, so we need a big Saturday number two in the car the car stores. How did Saturday one go? It was a little slow the first one. Was it? But we had a great January. We had a, we had a good January. I don't say great. We had a good January. Good which, start to the year. Which is good. After the holidays, a lot of people tend to not go mm-hmm. buy cars. So, Yeah, and the hard thing is, so we talk, we might as well kick right into numbers for January because sure. we didn't t- even talk about it last week. You can't really look at it anymore. So... All the brands have stopped reporting. So the new thing is, remember we talked about last year how the domestics were going to stop reporting monthly sales. It's going to be quarterly. Right. Right? And now everyone else is doing it too. So there's only like six, seven manufacturers now that actually report monthly sales. <laughs> okay. So we, won't, so we won't be able to do our monthly sale thing and know where the market really is at until the quarter, until the quarter mark. Wow. So the only ones that reported, so like Honda reported down 4%. Hyundai Kia reported up 6%. Mazda reported up 17%. Mitsubishi reported up 18%. Wow. No, actually Mitsubishi was up 22%. That's going from 8,000 to 10,000 cars. Okay, all right. Crazy. Subaru was pretty much flat, but did show a gain of 0.5%. (laughs) That's manufactured. Obviously, yeah. (laughs) 213 vehicles. (laughs) I was trying to explain that recently to somebody about Tesla. They they weren't buying my explanation. I think Tesla just stopped reporting in general. Mm. Um, Toyota showed up 6%, though. That's a nice, that's a good sign. Toyota had a 6% increase. Remind me, did they finish down last year? They did finish a little bit down last year. Overall, it was more of a flat year, right? It wasn't well, as a as a collective industry, 2019 was more or less flat. Yeah, or so am I misremembering? It was pretty much flat. So it was the fifth straight year, though, of 17 million cars, though, which is a good thing. Okay, good. And, I mean, you look at just Toyota's numbers and some of that, I mean, it's a decent sign for where it's going. But, like I said, we're not going to be able to figure anything out until April. Wow. Because BMW, Nissan, Volkswagen, Audi, Porsche, and the Detroit 3 have all decided to not report. Why? And I guess that's just their prerogative to. I guess get them in trouble it. because I mean, it's like I said, Subaru, right? I mean, if you're close to a sales record or you're close to a certain number, like you want to get it over to make it look better, like it's pretty easy for a manufacturer to sell 200 cars to a fleet lot. Hmm. Like they can 
Jimmy rig the numbers however they want, and then it just shows like a, next month it's going to show down because they didn't get those sales that were going to go two days later. Right. Right. And so they'd rather show it quarterly and smooth out the things and not have the hits to their stock. When things in a bad year, it's better to record quarterly. <laughs> okay. That's a better way to put it. So that. we're thinking this will be a. A bad I think year? it could be a worrisome year. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be a 17 million car year. I think it's going to be a 16.3, 16.4, 16.5, somewhere in there. What are the factors for that? What econ- goes into that? The economy's slowing down. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, the economy's slowing down. The stock market's still doing well, but the stock market's doing well because we're pumping money into it. It's not doing well on its own. So, mm. I mean, the craziest thing in the world, which we'll get into, is Tesla. And no one really understands Tesla because right now, I mean, Tesla. We've talked about this a lot. Tesla closed. You know, have you seen what happened to Tesla stock last week? No, I didn't. Okay. I didn't see. So this is a good story to talk about. So Tesla stock in the week, I'm just talking a five day period, went from Monday, February third at nine thirty AM, it opened at six seventy four oh seven. Okay. Okay. So six hundred seventy dollars per per uh, stock. Yep. Forty thirty six hours later. On Tuesday, February 4th at 3.30 p.m., it peaked at 9.61. Wow. It went up 220 points. Why? No one knows. <laughs> then it proceeded in the next 24 hours to drop back to 700. Wow. <laughs> and then close the week on Friday at 7.48. So it, it jumped 200, came down 200, and then went back up 50-ish. Yeah, and, you're, the and you're talking about a stock that a month ago was at 492. One month ago, it was half of what it is now, essentially. Almost, I mean, it's peak. Yeah, yeah. Wow, and we don't know why. There's nothing to point to. It was, I mean, there's some. I mean, it's They're good weird. at selling hope. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, analysts are cutting profit estimates, and it, I mean, it's weird. Hmm. I mean, it, it's it's just weird. So, I mean, the crazy thing is, there's a good article on it in Automotive News talking about. I mean, it's approaching one of the. It's approaching the. It passed Volkswagen for a point, as far as market cap. It was approaching within thirty or forty billion of Toyota. Hmm. It's being the most valuable car company in the world, and it's insane from the valuation side. The valuation of Tesla hovered around one hundred and thirty-two billion after Wednesday's plunge. So it's a price to sales multiple, which is they talk about, right? So the, what what's the price of the stock, the market cap of stock versus the amount of sales they had? It was a five. Put that in perspective. General Motors stock trades at a 0.4. Ford trades at a 0.2. Volkswagen and Toyota, two of the most strong companies in the world, train under a 1. Wow. And here they are at a 5. That's crazy. That's insane. It, it's. Huh. Am I wrong to not... I'm, I'm, I'm slow to trust that. I'm it's slow to, to think it's it. real. Basically, they, they essentially say that the... The way they look at it, based on the NASDAQ 100, is that Tesla would need an annual profit of $4.6 billion to justify its market value. And it's never made money. Whoa. That's a, that's a figure. Wow. B-b-b-b-billion with a B. The Tesla's worth $130 billion, which is <laughs> crazy with is, the number of cars they're selling. Is it worth that? Like, like Or is it it's all, inflated it's, by... It's all hype. Yeah, uh-huh. Because if you looked at it without the hype and what it could be in the future, there's no analyst on the planet that could justify that stock price. It just it just doesn't exist. It should be it should be ten times less, hmm. eight and, times less. And this is because they are controlling the information, and by they I mean Tesla. They're controlling what we're point. what we're yeah. seeing I mean, and what we're hearing. And yeah, you don't necessarily really know. I mean, they have some requirements to the SEC and things like that, so they have to put certain information out. But I mean, I you could argue the idea of posting the exact same sales number for 12 straight months as securities fraud. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, Jeez. there's no way they sold the exact same number of cars for 12 straight months. It just doesn't compute. If they did, they're, 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 there ought to be a movie made and about And that's the it. crazy thing, is they're making up numbers. Yeah. And I don't get how they can get away with that in this market. And I don't, and no one, I don't think anyone really, really knows how many cars they're actually selling. That's the crazy thing, and I don't get it. And the crazy thing is, they're a great company. They they make exceptional cars, but I I still at this point I, mean, I don't know I don't think it ends well. At what point? How I, long down I, the road does it not end well? 
I don't know. There's got to be a crash. The crazy thing is I think the short sellers on Tesla right now have lost like $8 billion. Because people have been betting against Tesla. And yeah. That hurts. Yeah. And these aren't some idiots. These aren't dumb people. And these are the people it's... I mean, I, I was thinking about the other day when I saw it like go through the roof. And I was thinking about like... You've seen the movie The Big Short, right? Yes. And I was thinking about those guys had to be in a room like those guys were like... This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> How can this stock still be going up? <laughs> like, what's going on? There must be fraud or someone cheating the system. They're like in the in Moody's office, yep. like we're yep. talking about. <laughs> I could just see these scenes like replaying, and there's going to be a movie sometime 10 or 15 years from now about... How there was Seriously, some though. crazy thing that caused this to happen that no one knew about. Seriously, though. There, if you, in fact, maybe uh, we could uh, pool our money together and buy the rights now. Could, right. Do you think we could afford the rights right now for that, for that movie someday? Uh, I'm sure it's already being written. Yeah, uh, like yeah do something like those two Carlos movies. Yeah. yeah, those Jeez. two movies together. Which uh, movie would be more uh, uh, of your fancy? The Carlos Gozen escape movie? I don't know. Like, or the like, Tesla stock inflated movie. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. I don't know, but this, there's some crazy stuff on that escape story. Yeah, I still don't know what... Did you watch... Of course, you probably watched that sit-down interview he did with he and his wife and... Uh, was it 2020? That went to his home in Lebanon and sat down and had them tell their story verbatim, word for word, from oh, their I own mouths. Seen that. Oh, you haven't? Oh, I need to see that. Oh, it is fascinating. How long ago was it? Uh, a couple days after he escaped. Wow. About, about a week after he escaped. It sounds like we're mixing the big short and Ford versus Ferrari right now. Ah, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Uh-huh. Throw, in, throw in some James Bond stuff and uh, you've got yourself a movie. Well, we should set up our prize for the callers. Okay. What do you want to give away this week? In honor of your return to the show, I think we should go with movie passes. Movie passes? I think we should go with movie passes. Okay, I like it. your return to the I show. I like it. Uh, there's not been a lot of good movies so far this year, but you know what the best kind of movie is, Jeff? I haven't been to a movie in a while. The best kind of movie is one you get to go to for free at the Mark Miller Subaru, Subaru VIP, VIP Lounge. Yeah, that's a good movie. <laughs> that is a good movie. Our phone number is 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Uh, and uh, uh, I did have a poll question because I was – it's funny enough that you were talking about Tesla because my real estate agent a few months ago, she's, she drives a Tesla. Okay. She bought it used. She didn't know really anything about Tesla. She just wanted something that was a little more uh, – I don't know what the right word is – flashy, okay. a little more, I don't know, real estate-ish looking. Okay. And so she went with a used Tesla – and she said that it's been her favorite car that she's ever owned. Awesome. So, like, back to your point, yeah. they are good cars. They're good cars. They are. They're still really expensive. Yeah. And no one, long-term reliability has been a little bit of a question mark. No one really knows what's going on there yet. Right. And what happens with the batteries and what happens if you have to replace them. And there's some worries on that. But it's a great car to drive. So the, the poll question I, I want to throw out there is, what, has, what was your favorite and least favorite car you ever owned and why? 855-340-ZONE. Call in. Everyone that shares a question, comment, or story with us today is entered to win that four-pack of VIP Lounge movie passes. Jeff, are you much of a hypochondriac or germaphobe? No. No, not really? Not really. I'm I'm a big time. I eat off sidewalks. I do it. No, you stop. (laughs) (laughs) God made dirt. Dirt won't hurt. Is that your Is that your motto? Yeah. Yeah. People always ate off dirt in the past. Like (laughs) plates are a more modern invention, right? (laughs) Well, I'm a big time germaphobe and hypochondriac, and the coronavirus has me just just petrified that it's somehow going to get to me. Don't be the guy that stands up on the airplane and says, I've got coronavirus. No. So that guy did that. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. The guy got arrested. Like they had to divert the plane and bark at Idiots. People, they lose their IQ when something happens when you leave the outdoor world, enter the airport. It's when you go through the security line. Right. Like before security or after security. It's like those x-ray machines just deplete your IQ by 100 <laughs> points. I don't, I don't know what it is. But China is set to lose... Over a million vehicles in production as factories in its crucial automotive industry remain shuttered until at least next week and likely longer in Wuhan, the quote-unquote motor city at the center of the coronavirus outbreak. I did not realize that the center of the coronavirus outbreak 
was filled with all these car factories. So it's not necessarily, so what hurts the market, it's like what happened when there was a tsunami and the earthquake, and like the nuclear meltdown, Fukushima, right? And what, yeah. When all that happened is what happens is it's not necessarily the car factories are affected, it's the suppliers. Is that you can't make a car without 2,000 suppliers making your little buttons and your radio and your mm. microchip and all these different things that come to make a car every day. So what happens is if one of those suppliers, just one of those suppliers that you're dependent on to make that car shuts down for a month, you can't make cars. Yeah, right. So and the, now yeah. guess what happens? You stop making cars. You stop ordering from the other suppliers that aren't affected. They don't get the orders. And it's a ripple effect that just... And it's fast. It's very fast. It goes, goes way and quick. So this is a really big issue for the entire world. Uh, this doesn't affect just Chinese factories. This affects factories in the United States. This affects factories in Japan, Russia, Mexico, Mexico, yeah. Germany, everywhere. Wherever it is, because, Where, wherever a part is made for a vehicle. Because that was a huge issue when the tsunami hit. Because when the tsunami hit, what happened was is the there was no, and they've gotten better with suppliers now to build redundancy. Okay. <laughs> because the problem was, what caused the global slowdown in car sales when that when Fukushima hit was that it took out the one factory. In the world that was making the single chip that goes in airbags. <laughs> no one else was making Nobody it. Nobody else was making it or set up to make it. <laughs> so essentially like 90% of airbag production in the country, in the world, stopped for wow. a month. Wow. Uh, uh, wow. And so you, just, you can't Do you make... remember how many cars we got set back by? Oh, it cost, I mean, it cost Subaru that year. I think it probably cost Subaru in the year probably forty or 50,000 sales. Wow. In wow! Sales like over a month. I think that the, just Subaru. Yeah, that three-month period we were down 10, 15, 20 percent all, all three months. Wow! And we were down inventories on the ground. We're down to like ten days. And that's I don't. I in some ways, and obviously the 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 life, uh, the loss of life or threat of life is the number one priority. But when we're talking about it from a business standpoint and in a car manufacturing or car sales standpoint, to lose that much business. Due to something that could not be controlled, like a natural disaster, has got to be incredibly frustrating. But I would assume now, Jeff, they have, like you said, better redundancy systems set up to where it's not just one factory in one city in one country that has this part. And one country, like all steering wheels aren't made in one city and all microchips in only one city. and. Nope. There's a lot of other places it's to get your stuff. It's all about the supply chain. And so mm. They've gotten a lot better at having redundancy in your supply chain. Well, the same thing would happen if, so say Subaru had one steel supplier. Okay. And no ability to get another steel order if steel was in short supply. And all of a sudden, that steel supplier, a tornado hits it and destroys their whole facility. They'd shut down the factory until they could get another supplier in. And probably in order to get that other supplier in, they'd have to pay more money. Wow, which which would raise the price of cars, and I mean, there's just so especially many. when you're not selling cars yeah, because yeah. of you have to raise prices. Oh, unbelievable! It's crazy the effect that something like that can have on the entire industry. Well, Hyundai has suspended production in South Korea. Volkswagen, BMW are thinking they'll see a dip of about five percent in the earnings for the first half, and it just goes on and on from there. We'll get yeah, back. Toyota into... said their their plants are tr- closed through February 16th in China. Wow, the, the half the and half that's the not month suppliers. Of... That's their plant. Wow. Where they're make putting it all together and, and finishing those vehicles. Uh, we are uh, looking for your phone calls. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Jack is our first caller today. Good morning, Jack. Well, I got a question. What's your thoughts on all these lifetime warranties you see being advertised? Some are free. Some, I'm guessing, aren't free. Yeah. So... so Generally, when you see a lifetime warranty sold at a dealership, there's fine print in that mm-hmm. thing. The, the first part, Jack, the first part of that fine print is going to be it's always, one, almost 100% of the time, non-transferable. It is in the name of the person who buys a car only. You sell that car, trade that car, do anything with that car, it goes away. So that's the first part of it. The second part of it is almost every one of them says that you have to strict stick to the exact factory maintenance guidelines within, and they generally are, give you within a 500 to 1,000 mile window on each one of those services and a month on the date Wow! to keep them inside that role. So you got to be on on par with your maintenance. 
doing exactly what the book says you're supposed to be doing. Some of them, depending on the place you're getting it at, will actually say that that maintenance has to happen at that retailer. Huh? The place you bought the car? Yep. Some of them will say in order to keep that lifetime warranty going, all maintenance has to be done at that retailer. Hey. So you. So the key is. So I mean, they're real. I mean, without question, it's a real. It's a real warranty. It's a real thing you're signing. But there are generally on those deals, there are caveats on it that make them less expensive for. A, a dealer to sell it to you because essentially, when a dealer's selling that lifetime warranty, they're paying a fee to somebody to, to use it. Huh. What they're betting okay. on, generally, what they're betting on from a warranty standpoint, is that most people trade their car in within four or five years. Right. So most pe- most people have a sixty thousand mile five year powertrain warranty on their car already, and their lifetime warranty is only a powertrain warranty. So they're je- they're betting that. 80, 90% of people are going to trade their car in inside that window anyway, so it's never going to be used. And the people outside that thing will not follow their maintenance schedules. That's the I mean, bet. That's the so bet. many of them are offering them anymore. I wondered what the deal was, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's generally what it is. I would trust the ones that come from the manufacturer a lot more than the ones that don't. Hmm. Then yesterday I stopped at Costco and a Tesla Model X parked beside me. Yeah. Wow. So I stood there and watched while she opened her gold wing doors <laughs> on the back. What do you think of those gold wing doors, Jack? You a fan of them? Uh, kind of tight in the parking lot. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yep. You got to get the smart park. <laughs> smart park <laughs> from Hyundai. Hand, <laughs> or something. Yeah. You got to have a wide berth. Yep. All right, Jack. I asked her about the car, and she said, it's different, and it's going to take a while to get used to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But she didn't say I love it or I like it, or but uh, that was different to watch. I'll tell you. <laughs> That's cool. Thanks for the call, Jack. Appreciate <laughs> Thanks, it, buddy. Have well, a good day. Eight five five three four zero zone. Jack is now entered for the drawing at the end of the show for a four pack of movie passes. Eight five five three four zero zone. If you have a thought, question, comment, story. On that or our poll question of the week, your favorite and least favorite car you ever owned and why, you can always call the show at 855-340-ZONE. Did, I you, like like, the, did you like that ad? The smart, the smart Park ad? I didn't. You didn't like the Smart I'm, Park ad? I think ad? I'm I the only that, person see? in the world. Johnny liked the Smart Park Johnny ad. Lightfoot, Johnny Brian Brown it. producing for us like today. They were fans of, smart of the Smart Park. I just... Poppy. <laughs> I would, so here's my thing. Here's my thing with Super Bowl ads. Uh, we get them a week in advance now. If not before I that, we talked about that last week when we were on the show. Is that I I, w- I liked it better when it was a surprise. Yeah, I like it better when you like saw it and it was a surprise. And like you were excited, and you like actually sat in your seat during the commercials. Now it's just like, oh, I saw this last week. You got to see this one. Saw it on YouTube, yeah, Twitter like, for a week now. I, I like, don't. My favorite ones are the ones I like the ones that tease it. I like like the Jeep did a great job at the Groundhog Day. Okay, where they did teaser ads going into the real ad. So they did teaser ads like with the clock, and then they had another one with Ned Ryerson, and then the real ad came out, and it was Bill Murray. Right. Like I like the tease to the good ad. If you're going to do the YouTube stuff, do a tease. Okay. Yeah, that's my opinion on Super Bowl ads. Don't show the ad. Also, um, I, I like the the Tide one that carried on throughout yeah. the whole yeah, the day and, and night. And yeah, it reminds me. We talked about it the last couple of weeks. We went to like the best Super Bowls. It reminded me of the uh, Prius ad. You know the Prius ad of like. Eight years ago, when the Prius, the Prius V first came out, and it was the bank robbery, and they robbed the bank in the Prius, and then it's the chase, and then throughout the entire Super Bowl, like first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, it's like chase is still going on, <laughs> Prius is still going, and then, and then like it, it ends in the fourth quarter with the cops like asleep in their car, and right. Prius keeps driving on. Oh, just, <laughs> like, I like I like the ones that go throughout the game. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that one. As long as it doesn't get to the point where it's like, okay, we get it, yeah. we're, we're there. But I do think that because I saw that smart pack like a week and a half in advance, and it was funny the first time I saw it. It wasn't as funny when you. Yeah. So when everyone else catches on. So and here's my question about smart pack. <laughs> I don't even use the thing. Is <laughs> okay, so it gets you in a spot that's too tight, so you can't get out of your car doors, right? Okay. But aren't you just blocking in someone else so they can't get in out of their car doors that doesn't have Smart Park? Good point. <laughs> like, How are aren't you literally this? just putting someone in a spot where they can't get in their car? Yeah, but that's not your problem. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's what I was trying to figure out with it. I'm like, okay, that's great that like you get into a spot that's too tight for you. But now you just blocked this guy, poor guy on your right to not be able to get in their car. Oh, silliness. Absolutely. Because it's a cool thing. I think it's cool. 
And then the other thing is you have to pull into the spot straight. How many parking uh-huh. spots in the world are you able to do a 12-point turn to line your car up straight? Just, I, I think the idea is cool. Yeah. I just think the actual real-world usage of it is minute. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those technologies you'll see for a year and then buy. <laughs> you'll ne- it's Mott Park will no longer be a parking thing. Yep. Like the parallel parking thing, that makes sense. Right? Yes, absolutely. Parallel park. Like teach you to automatically parallel park your car. That's awesome. Yep. But parking in a straight parking spot because there's no room to open your doors, that's just stupid. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, we'll take we'll take we'll take our first break. That you you did talk about Super Bowl commercials last week, but if people missed it and have a thought on their favorite Super Bowl commercial, let us know eight five five three four zero zone. Also, your favorite and least favorite car you've ever owned and why eight five five three four zero zone. We got movie passes on the line for one lucky caller today. We'll be right back on Utah Car Sense. Utah Carson, right here on the Zone Sports Network. Austin Horton and Jeff Miller here with you. Jeff from uh, Mark Miller Subaru. Excited to have your phone calls at 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. What was your favorite or least favorite car you ever owned and why? Let us know and you'll be entered into the four-pack drawing of movie passes. I'm sorry, the drawing of four-pack movie passes at the end of the show. IRS, IRS, Iris says... Their favorite was a Jeep Cherokee. Their least favorite was a Dodge Stratus. It was a piece when I got it, so that didn't help, they said. <laughs> you ever owned Jeep or Dodge, Jeff? No. I haven't. I- I've had Subaru and Toyota my whole life. <laughs> I guess that was a silly question. <laughs> Blasphemous. <laughs> what do you think of the, just from the look of it, that the Jeep trucks, the, the, the Rubicon and the Gladiator? It's the Gladiator you're talking about. Yeah, what, what do you think of there, of that? It's all right. I mean, I've I've never been a fan of Jeeps. I'm not a rock crawler. I'm not a guy that's going to take it down in the lobby. If you're going to do that with the car, it's an awesome truck. It's awesome. It's built for what it's built to do. But driving that car, uh, driving any Jeep on a regular road is the worst riding car on the planet. Yeah. I mean, like you'd have to have back surgery in a month. (laughs) Like it's horrible. Like they're not meant to drive on regular roads and they're meant to look cool and to do off-roading stuff. And so like, so for that, it's awesome. But other than that, no. And look, if you're into it, fine. And they're really expensive. You want to spend your money on that? Fine. That, that's up to you. I don't, I don't like uh, the, the idea that it's a pickup truck. That, it's not a, it's not a no. pickup truck. It's cool. I've, I think that it is innovative in its design. I think that it is unique. I can see why certain, some people's tastes might gravitate towards it aesthetically. But I'm with you as far as Jeep has not had the best overall run reputation uh, as far as like longevity of the vehicles and things like that. But it's very much a niche market, I should say. And there's plenty of them out there. Yes, there are. That's the crazy thing is like there are plenty of them out there and there's plenty of incentive money on them too. So if you want to get one, it's probably a pretty good time to buy them because they're not selling great. You can trick them out though. They look really cool that way. If you trick them out, yeah, there's, and that's not expensive. No, not at all. Just give them a lift <laughs> kit and, you know, make them cool. I mean, but they get pricey. I mean, I'm looking on a local retailer's website. Their most expensive one, their most expensive right now is $59,000 sticker with a $5,000 add on of something. Wow. Those Rubicons go for 56 grand. And what's crazy about it, it's, and we talked about this a little bit last week about the Gladiator, is what I don't like about Jeep. And it, it hurts their brand so much is that they overprice their cars and then re, re, then incentive discount them. Hmm. And they're one of the leaders in that game. And what they do is they create a base model. So, hey, you can get a Jeep Gladiator for $33,000. Like, that's the base price of it. And then you go and you see how they're actually equipped. The lowest price Gladiator on this retailer's website is $40,000. Wow. Wow. Like the that, that $33,000 car does not exist. But a lot of them say, oh, starting at $33,995. Well, yeah, it starts there. Yeah, yeah. good luck to find it. That's for like a, just a basic sport. It's just a little basic sport gladiator. $39,740. Are we seeing this more and more in the car world? 
and we'll get back into this in a minute because Tesla, I think, has yeah, honed the market the, on doing this sort of thing. It's a stupid add-on game, and the guys that don't do it are the guys that keep their incentive costs down and keep their resale value up. We'll get back into this in a moment, but right now at 855-340-ZONE, Paul is on the line. Hi, Paul. Good morning. How you doing, guys? We're good. Thanks when for coming. My least favorite car was a 1997 Chevrolet small Chevy. Okay. And in 4,000 miles, I put four clutches in it. In 4,000 miles? Four clutches. So yeah. a clutch per thousand. Per thousand. And they never did figure out what the problem was, but I think Shiv came out later on with a, 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 recall a problem with the clutch uh, was, would hang up on it and it caused the clutch to go out. Man. But my favorite car, well, I have two of them, really. It was a 69 Charger. And a car I drive today, uh, it's a 1998 Honda Civic. The car's got over, it's about 365,000 miles on it. And all I've done to it is I've put two clutches in it and uh, an alternator and plus the normal wear and tear uh, maintenance. <clears throat> and it's still, uh, still every day it goes out and gets out and it goes. I've never had a car like that in my life, and it's still running. It doesn't look like much, but it still goes. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, so th- those are good the good answers. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for calling in. Paul and Jack, you got one and two shot here to win the movie passes. The clutch, I think the clutch might be a common problem with those older type vehicles. If people are calling in today, I would venture yeah. a guess that clutch They've got a gives lot you better. issues. Yeah. We well, do. we don't do a lot of There's manuals, a lot of manuals anymore. anymore right? yeah. yeah, I mean, no, we don't really make that many. Do you clutches. miss manuals? No. Did you ever drive a manual? Yeah. You did. Yeah, just I mean, this day and age, especially with kids. Yeah, no way. You right. Can't have a manual with kids? That doesn't. No, no, nah, no. And cell phones. How do you? How do you have? Well, I don't look at my cell phone when I'm in the car. Yeah. Often, well, do you? But even because with, that's very irresponsible. Even, <laughs> even with just having one, Jeff. Uh, I, I think that uh, yeah. Anyway. Kind of, kind of a joke there, but the clutch, that would be a, a big time problem, uh, I would assume. And those, those mid to late ninety Chevys seem to always have some kind of hang up, one way or another. We also, we always used to deal with clutch issues mainly on WRXs and STIs. Oh yeah, but those were generally abuse issues, not cranking those things. Oh yeah, yeah. people yeah, would yeah, just yeah. rail on those things. Oh, it's, you've got three thousand miles on it. Your clutch is pretty much gone. Weird. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Have you been uh, hitting this a little hard? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been under 4,000 RPMs all day long. <laughs> right. Yeah. I go the speed limit. And the crazy thing is Subaru had a policy. They'd give them one. One free clutch? They'd get a free clutch. Part of Subaru's policy was- if With those cars. On a WRX STI, you'd get a free clutch. It doesn't matter how bad you abused it, destroyed it. You could have racing stripes on the side of your car, <laughs> and they would still give you one. <laughs> 855-340-ZONE. How many clutches did your manufacturer give you? 855-340-ZONE. Sharon has called in. Hi, Sharon. Good morning. Sharon, you there? Hi, there you are. Yes, I'm here. Thanks for calling in. Yes, I am here. Good morning. Morning. Um, Pardon me? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, My favorite car, I finally bought my own car, and it was a 75 Toyota Celica. Okay. And what'd you think of it? I loved it. What what'd you I love about it? Had, uh, it was just a, a good ride. It was a five speed, so it was kind of fun to drive mm. with the five speed and um a little coupe. Had the black leather seats mm. and what color yeah, was it was that? a coupe. Uh it started out as a gray color, uh silver color. And um, then I repainted it to oh, okay. a burgundy color. Oh, nice. Now, did it have the the, uh, the side mi- view mirrors up on the hood area, the fender area? No. No, okay. All right. That, cause that, no, it wasn't quite that fancy. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. The, I, liked, I liked those 70 Celicas, the look yeah, of them. Yeah, they're cool looking. Never ridden in one, though. How long did you have yeah, the 75 was- Celica? Um, I had it probably, let's see, probably, I don't know, five, seven years, and then got married and had children and wasn't <laughs> quite accessible with car seats and all of that, so. Yeah, the two-door to coupe. A, yeah. a I really like the Celicas. Over the years, they made some cool models on that Celica. Uh, is it true yeah, that it they're bringing fun. the Celica back? 
Uh, and I can't imagine because it's, it's too close to an FRS. Yeah, yeah. It's way too close to the BRZ and FRS. There's I, no way they bring a solid car I've back. I heard that. Uh, Sharon, thanks for calling in. What, what's your What's your least favorite car? Oh, oh yeah, what was the worst? The worst? Oh, I learned to drive on my dad's Nova. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> four yeah. on the four, what three on the tree type of thing? Oh, that was worse. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad worst. Okay, that's good. Why did everyone's dad have a, a Nova? It yeah, seems everybody, everybody had a Nova. <laughs> Sharon, thanks for calling in. You have a good day. Sharon has now entered to win the four pack of movie passes at the end of the show. Eight five five three four zero zone. Eight five five three four zero zone. Now let's get to Jeff. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, good morning. I love the show. I appreciate you guys doing this. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Listen, listen every every weekend. Hey, so I got a favorite car, and it's kind of crazy. It's my, and I'm driving right now, it's my wife's 2,000 miles of Protégé with 325,000 miles on it. Not much to look at on the outside, but it still runs. But we're looking to get a new car, and something like the midsize SUV, I don't know, that's like Pilot. I wonder if you guys have some recommendations to start looking around. So, Pilot's more full size. I mean, are you how big of a, a full size? Yeah, how big of a car are you trying to get to? Are you trying to like five, like she five looking, people, like three rows? What are you trying to she figure was out? Looking, she's looking like the three row. If we could drop it down, because our kids are getting to be teenagers and they seem to have a lot of friends that want to ride now. Yeah, so if you go three row, <laughs> you're talking more of a full size SUV. Not you're not going to get to like Sequoia size, but you're going to be like. I mean, Honda I, I, Pilot would be a good one to look at. Subaru Ascent would be a one to look at for sure. Um, in the Toyota world, Highlander, the third row, if you're teenagers, might be a little tight. But there's a brand new Highlander just came we out. At the, yeah, we, we kind of crossed that one off at the auto show just because my 10-year-old couldn't put her feet in the back. Yeah, the third row one, that's a little <laughs> tight. But I'd have yeah, that, that, that's did, like a punishment seat. Did you sit in the Ascent at all? <laughs> I haven't looked at the Ascent. Yeah. We, even, we just started getting the market this year. She decided that, yeah, she wants a little bit of her car, and it's time to just keep this one as our commuter and the grocery getter and probably be, end up being the daughter's car. Yeah, so my, leak oil and everything works on it. It just keeps driving. Yeah, my wife Yeah, my wife drives an Ascent every day, and I get to drive that car a lot. And that, that Ascent's a great car. Good, good size third row. Could fit older kids in it for sure. How is it on fuel mileage? Uh, she's getting mid-20s, mid to high 20s. Okay. Okay. And it's, okay. A, it's, it's a four-cylinder turboed engine, so plenty of power in it, but gets great gas mileage. We go up and down Parley's Canyon all the time. So, Oh, well, you're going up and down Parley's and it's got to get power, then that's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, it gets over okay, Parley's 70, it. 75 like, miles an hour without a without a, any issue with a full load. And it's got the Subaru all-wheel drive? Yeah, Subaru all-wheel drive. It'll, have, it'll be standard with eyesight as well, so it'll have all the crash, oh. crash prevention stuff and adaptive cruise control standard. Oh, maybe we'll... Make an appointment and go talk to somebody about that. Yeah, so if you are if you go down there, if you go to our Midtown store, ask for uh, George Roska. If you go to the Southtown store, ask for Roger Park, and they're they're on the show every, every once in a while, and they'll yeah. help you out. Just let, let them know Hold that on. you're... Give me, the, give me the Midtown name again. So Midtown, ask for George like, Roska. So that's 3535. George Roska? Roska. R-O-S-C-A. Roska. Sorry, I'm writing it down. Yeah, he's the general sales manager down there, but they've got a pretty good selection of them, and take it for a test drive. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You right. got it, man. The market. I'm like, I'm going to ask these guys what they got some information on. Perfect. Absolutely. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, you owe it to yourself to at least try. Yeah. Give it a drive. Um, I like the Honda Pilot, too. Uh, I, I mean, I would agree with him on the, because I had some, we, we did a pretty good walk around the auto show when we were there, and the Highlander, it, it's a little tight in that third row. I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not as full size as I was hoping mm. it was going to be mm. when they came out with it, but it's, it's also a great car. It's a great looking car. I like the look of the new Highlander as well. How is how has the Ascent competed in that class with the the Highlander, the Pilot, the and the like? It's definitely taken a chunk out of it. I mean, it's good. it's a been a good competitor. It's still you still have the Honda and Toyota name, so it's still a, right the competitor like that. But I mean, we were selling. I bet between our two stores, we were selling ten to fifteen Highlanders a month for our Toyota store hmm. before the Ascent came out, and now we sell zero. The Ascent is yeah, taking people, over. Yeah, people buy the Ascent. They they because they would come in and they'd have a. Outback or Forrester, and they have a third child. Right. When she had a third child, she's just like, oh, I need a third row. And we're like, well, I don't have anything. Each <laughs> child needs its own row. Yeah. That's right. how good. Yeah, there you, <laughs> go. you can't put them in the front, obviously. But, but yeah, so uh, I mean, we would send a lot of people down to our Toyota store now, and we'd, we keep them. When, when do you think the next iteration of the Ascent will be headed our way? When will they put a, a, so a 19 twist was on the it? first one, 20. 
You might get a middle, a, a big, what they call a big minor change. Okay. It's a, it's a BMC is what they call it in the Subaru world, a big minor change. <laughs> so a big minor change, you might get it in the 2021 model, but probably the 2022 model. Okay. And, that, and it's generally not a huge, not a full interior change. They won't change the radios, front look of it. They'll change the way the lights look. They'll do some little improvements on the engine, add a couple features. They might add the... Uh, Driver awareness system Subaru has things. Oh, like the that. driver focus. Yeah, driver yeah. focus. Yeah, which that that makes sense. And yeah. of course, with eyesight being standard in every vehicle, I would assume that someday the driver focus might eventually get to that it, as well. I mean, it's all going to move that way. Blind spot detection, all that stuff's going to move to standard features. And I hope the the real thing I'm hoping that they push in the ascent is that the instrument cluster, the 11.7 inch screen that controls all the stuff that we have in the Outback and Legacy now, because people are really loving that. System. Are they? Good returns on, on that yeah, thing. People are really liking that system. Uh, you know, I still like your idea, though, of building in a, a DVR of sorts. I know. I, that's my favorite idea. And I, I've been telling people this all the time, is that, like, my favorite idea, I bring up this super guys all the time, is that they should take the, we've got two eyesight cameras that are filming the road all the time. It should be a DVR system that if the airbag goes off or it detects a crash, it automatically saves five minutes worth of data. And then at any time, you can go in and put in a USB port and pull off the last 30 minutes of driving. So you, you uh, an on-deck storage yeah, unit, some little, not cloud service. Yeah, just something on deck. And then if you need if you need to get into it, you can access it. And maybe you can do it on the cloud. I don't know. But there's gotta, it can't be that hard. What's the reaction when you bring that up to the people that are at Subaru? I brought it up to Ken Lin, who's the... Basically, the product director, the guy who does it all, last night, last me, and he, he thought it was a cool idea. He said, "We've been thinking about that." It's like my assumption is, if they have been thinking about it and they haven't done it, there's a patent issue. Oh, okay. Someone else That's has generally got that thing. the generally the issue they run into when there's a really good idea that they can't do is that somebody's patented it. They don't want to pay them. Is it you? Have you patented I it? <laughs> I should have. The great regrets of life. <laughs> the, the patents that could have and should have been. 855-340-ZONE. Jack, Paul, Sharon, Jeff. All got a one and a four chance at winning the four-pack of movie passes. 855-340-ZONE. We were talking about Jeep when we were talking about favorite and least favorite cars. And nine straight tweeted in that his favorite his favorite car was a Wrangler. He's had several of them, but it's not practical, he says. Bad gas mileage, noisy, slow, stiff. Right. But take the top off when the weather is nice. Summer nights camping outdoors. Cars should be fun, and it makes you feel something. His least favorite was his Mitsubishi Eclipse. Cramp sole is too low. Jeep is the basically that was Jeep is the worst car ever made. But you could take the top but off in the summer. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) You know what Jeep stands for, right? Uh, what? Just empty every pocket. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, as someone who bought one in high school, I can't confirm. Oh, that you've it's owned true. a Jeep? What kind of Jeep was it? I had a '76 CJ7. Oh wow! I think Josh sold his. Oh, did he? Yeah, so because Josh bought a used one. Josh off, uh, Goldsmith. Yeah, yeah, comes in the show all the time. He bought a used one off the lot. I think he had it for like four or five months. And he's like, "This is stupid." <laughs> Mine's that for sale reason. too. If anybody wants to. Oh, buy you it. still have it? I'm pretty sure everyone. Uh, it's just it's in the backyard. It's not operational. <laughs> it's, on, it's on blocks. In the back, it uh, saw the backside of a rock in Moab. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. well, at least uh, you'd you'd rather do that in your old car than the new car. Eight five five three four zero zone. Your favorite, least favorite car you ever owned, Jeff. I've got problems in the past. I've shared with you about autonomous vehicles and regulations, and w- what's too much regulation, what's not enough regulation. Let me see how how you react to this. For the first time. The U.S. government's Highway Safety Agency has approved a company's request to deploy a self-driving vehicle that does not need to meet the same federal safety standards for cars and trucks driven by humans. Isn't that stupid? The NHTSA granted temporary approval for Silicon Valley Robotics company Neuro to run low-speed autonomous delivery vehicles that were designed without any accommodations for human drivers. That means no side or rear-view mirrors, no windshield wipers, no steering wheels, no brake pedals. So this will be a, a vehicle that goes under 25 miles per hour, but it will not be able to be operated by a human at all. Are we ready for this? Have we reached the point we where we check can check the investor list of that company for some <laughs> names that might have some influence? <laughs> yes, I think that might be a, Not a good that place to start. There's corruption in our government. Never. Right now. There's no corruption in our government. Never, never, never. Do you know but, the interesting thing on that, though, is because what have I been arguing about autonomous vehicles forever? 
is that the only way autonomous vehicles will ever be on the road is if Congress passes a law. That controls it and, and allows it in certain ways. So guess what's happening on Tuesday? A vote? No. Oh. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would involve them getting something done. <laughs> They're going to have a hearing. <laughs> oh, We start baby steps, Austin. <laughs> Austin, we start with just talking about it. Then we eventually, 10 years from now, we'll get to a vote. It's a meeting to think about planning a meeting yeah, someday. You, yeah. The U.S. House panel... The Energy and Commerce Subcommittee overseeing automotive issues will hear from officials of trade group representing automakers and tech companies, as well as safety advocates from, and a San Francisco transit official. They're trying to advance self-driving cars. So they've worked for four years on legislation that would remove regulation barriers, but have not reached agreement. <laughs> oh, geez. Unbelievable. <laughs> They're not reaching agreement, huh? That's breaking news. Uh, yeah, it scares me. I'll just I'll be frank and honest with you. I don't think that we've perfected it with humans on board. We're not ready to then and send it without humans on board. The craziest thing, the most asinine thing of this whole idea is, is that thousands and thousands of people die on the roads every year. But it's going to take one person being killed by autonomous car to put it back ten years, and it has the person in Arizona who who died. Yeah, literally. Tens of thousands of people die every year on roads, but it's one person. Which one's too many? You're yeah, not saying it's not, not a commentary that, on that. It's but just that's pretty crazy. Suddenly, when you really it's think cared about, about that, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When it's not a human doing it, it's a computer doing it. It's like, ooh. Easy now, computers. Know your place. Let's get back out to the phone lines 855 340 zone. Several people on hold. Let's go out to Gary first. Gary, thanks for calling in. How you doing? Good. Good morning. What's your What's your thoughts today? Uh, my favorite car was a Lexus 470 SEL. Lexus And my least favorite Ford? was a BMW 325 ES. I loved it until the snow fell, and then then I hated it. So the, the BMW was fun until the winter. What was the What would you like about the Lexus, though? Oh, it was smooth and fast and quiet, and I just loved it. It was a great car. How long did you hold on to that one? So that was a GX, right? The GX, or is it an LX470? It was just the SEL, the, the sedan. Oh, it's a sedan. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah, it was a little bigger, but boy, that was that was a nice car. I had it for a couple of years. Just a couple? Nice car. Okay. It, yeah. it, it's interesting. People might hear favorite car, and I, I think a lot of people have nostalgia. Or, or... I probably had it for years, three years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for the call, Gary. Appreciate it. We'll put your name in the hopper here for the drawing at the end of the show. I think a lot of people, when they hear the words favorite, they have nostalgia or sentimental value that they attach to vehicles. Yeah, right? It's like different ways. Like some people, it's like, like well, it's one of the guy's favorites was literally a 2000 Mazda Protégé with 325,000 miles on it. <laughs> said, <laughs> said no one ever. Yeah, no one ever. Yeah, does. said no one ever that a Mazda <laughs> Protege with three hundred twenty-five thousand miles is a favorite car. Ever. But it's his favorite car ever, and I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, our good friend—he has a car forever. Good buddy out there on the, the the road warrior, Mike the trucker himself, back on the on the Car Sense show. Hi, Mike. Hey. There How you is. guys doing? <laughs> I figured you were retired oh, on some good. golf course somewhere in Arizona. Like, I don't know where uh, you've been. I'm working on it. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen, I had to go to DMV yesterday, so government was at its finest. So, uh, my goodness gracious. Suspended license? Yeah, I had to take the hazmat test and renew it. But boy, that application, uh, it's getting pretty questiony. I mean, they want to know all your political affiliations and everything. And I'm like, wait a minute. I just want to renew my license, folks. We don't have to, you know, well, you got to fill it all out. So, And then, of course, they tell me, don't cheat, don't bring any devices or nothing, and everybody around me is asking questions, guys looking up on his iPhone and everything. I'm like, whatever, I'll just do the, you know, take my test and be done with it. But, hey, okay, so enough of the government there. Uh, number one, I got for you an answer. Uh, I like the 69Z28 I had, and the worst car I ever had was a Volkswagen Thing. You know, we all know that. I called it. The, we called it the Colonel Clink Mobile. Wait, you actually uh, did? You actually uh, own one? 
Yes, I did. You I owned a Volkswagen thing? That's awesome. That's, yeah. a, that's a bit yeah. of a thing to hold on. That's a bragging right now, for sure. Let me tell you, it, well, it was, and it was a chick magnet. It was in my uh, junior <laughs> year of high school, and, uh, you know, no top, and, uh, right. you know, you could go anywhere, and you never had to wash it, uh, and if you did, you just pour the hose in the interior and open the yeah, doors, the let same, it drain, and off you go. It's the same I mean, idea as the awful. Jeep guy, right? So the Jeep guy, it's like, it's the worst car ever made, but <laughs> I could take the top off in the summer, and it's awesome, and who cares about the rest of it? Everybody asked me to dare me to take it through the car wash with the top down, but we never did it because <laughs> I, I didn't know if it'd come out the other end, you know, together or not. So we left it alone. Uh, in regards to your cameras, Jeff, uh, semis, uh, including the company I work for, that you know, we, we all have cameras. I'm yep. staring at it right now, and uh, it, it's uh, it's got all its data. There's many different models out there that records all kinds of stuff. So, totally. um, you know, it, it records uh, collision avoidance. It records uh, stoplight violations, stop sign violations. It records any event. If I hit a trailer too hard, uh, our new systems uh, in the new new trucks that just came in, they have multiple cameras, including a radar system that when you come up to a stop sign and you're going to make a right-hand turn, let's just say, we call it the blind side, uh, it sends a radar signal all the way to the back of that trailer. So in case that trailer is going to run over a curb or run over a person or something, the brakes come on automatically because all, all new semis are automatics now. So the yeah. truck just stops. So you're not going to run stuff over. And that's part of the new avoidance collision systems these trucks have. I'm not driving one yet. I just watched the video the other and you're day. In a, but you're in a company truck, right? You're not, you don't drive your own truck. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. No, no, I'm in a company truck, and we got almost 9,000, so we got to cover ourselves from one end to the other. But um, the new systems, too, will now avoid and stop a case of a pedestrian, a small hmm. child, person on a bike, animals, all kinds of stuff. So they're really, really far in advance. That's so, so cool. It's quite amazing. So now, I, I since I haven't talked to you, because I'm... I usually leave much earlier in the week, day and haven't been around when you guys are on. Uh, Thanksgiving, um, as I think I told you before, and I heard you talk about Tesla, I sort of laughed because my sister's daughter is the uh, Elon Musk personal assistant. So we, I have a pretty big, actually half the family works for Tesla now. And plus, I do own stocks, so that was a good turn of events <laughs> here in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. But long story short, uh, I got to uh, drive a one-off engineer vehicle uh, over the holiday that uh, it had 400 horses on the front, 400 horses on the back, 800 horses. Whoa. But when we, uh, oh, I don't know if anybody's been able to take these Teslas and see what they feel like when they go, it's G-forces because they're so, so fast, yet there's no sound. It's complete now, just like if you're holding a blender or turning your blender on, you know, that thing just whizzes out at 1,000 RPM so quickly. And it was so unbelievable. It was the fastest vehicle I've ever driven in my life. That uh, I mean, we went zero to 150 quicker than you can blink an eye. And there was just nothing, no shift points, nothing. It was just now. That's crazy. Isn't and then it? we pulled over and we went into the autonomous mode, and uh, that was absolutely the most bizarre thing I've ever done. But they did have a safety feature that I believe all the new ones are coming down with it, that you have to stay awake and touch the steering wheel every couple seconds. And if that steering wheel isn't touched, the automated system basically tells you, hey, are you there? Are you awake? If not, the car immediately pulls over and stops off it to a you know, safe position. But that's something that I think the federal government's going to uh, require for autonomous vehicles so we don't have people sleeping going down the road like we saw in a couple of those commercial, or I mean, I'm sorry, news reports. So that's something up and coming. Um, yesterday, I was getting my Audi serviced, and I was talking to the manager there, and um, they, they're coming out by the end of this year, two super hot rod Q8 uh, SUVs. One is, uh, I think, an R model with 500 horses, and I think the RS model, which is dual turbocharged V8. And I thought he told me it was 800 horses. And, I mean, that is in the luxury SUV market that I guess they're betting on, you know, gas prices. But... The other side of it was there was three EV vehicles in there, and they said 70% of their showroom 
and the next five years will be all uh, electric vehicles. So the thing that I got from um, uh, a person I know in the EV world is what you said, Jeff, disposal of batteries. And the thing that everybody's trying to uh, uh, get going is to be able to pull up and charge your car at the same time frame as if it takes you to fill a car yeah, with gas. Yeah, that's because everybody complains about that. And so they're trying for distance. But let me ask you, Jeff, this, this, i got to ask you, you're a car guy. You've been on this show. I've met you and all this. Why doesn't the electric vehicles have a gear-driven alternator that will give additional charge to these rechargeable batteries so that you would go further? How come they don't have an alternator in electric vehicles? They all recharge. They all regenerate. Okay. All these, all these electric cars. So the car I'm driving around now, the plug-in Subaru I'm driving. When I go downhill, if I'm driving down Parley's, it's recharging. Uh-huh. It's recharging. Okay. Is that the uh, what is the work terminology they call that? It's regenerative. It's, uh, it's regenerative braking. Yes, that's it. Regenerative braking. Regenerative braking. So, so as you brake, the brake, the power from the brake, so the engine braking in the car regenerates back to an alternator, back to the batteries. Okay. So in Subaru, yeah, you have a B something. mode, so you can actually go from drive into B mode. And what B mode uh-huh. does is essentially it turns on a more more friction in the braking system to regenerate faster. Wow. Hey, I got one more thing for in the big commercial world, which just blew us all away. Our uh, transmissions and the electronics inside the engine, when you're on cruise control, is GPS-driven. So when you're going down the road and there's a mountain coming up, the truck knows where to give more power and downshift. But by the time it gets up to the very top of the mountain range, it will change gears and deaccelerate so that it just gets over the top and then goes down the other side to improve the fuel mileage of the equipment. So there's a GPS system that runs off a satellite that when any, you're anywhere in the North America, it knows when to give a gas and when to shift gears without you doing anything. I mean, it's just that's cool. It's just getting insane. I mean, uh, these tablets and computerizations, and you were talking about touchscreen. You know, I was looking at all the. 2020 Audis in the showroom last or yesterday, and that's everything is there. That all that new big tablet screen that just does everything right there, Isn't and it's that, amazing. It's where, amazing. That's where they're all going, so it's cool. Mike, good to yeah. hear from you. Okay. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Yeah, guys, have a great day. All right, I gotta get trucking. Two all right, man. <laughs> Be safe. Uh, back out to the phone lines. Eight five five three four zero. Zone. He's been very patient. We'll take a break after uh, this call from Wayne. Hi, Wayne. Good morning. Thanks for waiting for us, buddy. You're welcome. That guy almost put me to sleep. Mike, Mike's the, Mike can talk. I like you. listening to Mike. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, least favorite cars that I've had was were a 69 Chevelle. It started using oil after about 5,000 miles. And a 82 Oldsmobile Sierra. It was, it was the worst car on the planet. My favorite vehicles have been a 68 Mustang, nice. a 72 Mustang Mach 1, and my wife's current vehicle, which is a 98 Explorer with almost 300,000 miles on it. Wow. What do you like so much about that Explorer? Well, we, we've had it, like I said, for 22 years, and yeah. it's... Uh, comfortable to drive you know i'm a i'm blind so my wife does all the driving but she likes driving it it's uh you know got plenty of space to haul stuff if you need to uh we don't get terrible mileage on it actually even though it's 22 years old Hmm. and uh comfortable to ride in And, and it's lasted with you know, routine maintenance and, you know, a few things along sure. the way, an alternator and a fuel pump and and uh, things like that. But it's been a great, great vehicle. You bought it new, I take it, back in 98? Yep, brand yeah. new. Isn't, wow. that when, was, isn't that around the year when the, there was the issue with the Explorers? Pardon, I can't hear you, there, Jeff. There was, a, there, was a, there was a the mid-90s when the Explorers had the hitch issue when they they called it. They were exploding because the gas tank would be accessed when you were getting a car crash. Oh, 
I what, didn't. What year of Explorer was that? I have to. Have to did, does your does was the only ones with a hitch package on it though? Early two thousands. I think it was early. Was it early two thousand? Yeah. So Wayne. I don't know. Wayne Mine's in ninety eight. Two thousand. What happened was like the where the hitch was set up on the car was close to the gas tank. So if you hit the back of the car in a rear collision, the hitch would go into the gas tank wow. and cause an explosion. Wow. There's a huge recall on them. Interesting. They start calling Ford. That's ex- terrible. They start calling them Ford Exploders. Oh wow. Well, it looks sounds like Wayne um, Wayne got the good one. Yeah, sounds got like in it. under <laughs> before that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's been a fantastic vehicle. Hey, thanks for the call. Thanks for the memories, Wayne. We appreciate Thank it. Thanks for listening. Uh, not surprised that he liked his Mustangs. Mustangs are a cool car. Eight five five three four zero zone. That's our number one. We'll take a break. Come back with our two, your favorite and least favorite cars you've ever owned, and why. Eight five five three four zero zone. Also, cars breaking down because they. Had the wrong gas put in them. Whose fault was it? You'll be surprised. Next on Utah Car Sense.